Yeah, let's get on down. The quick version is there's two kind of large, just like we talked about, there's large categories of eschatology. Right. There's large categories in understanding scripture kind of systematically. So dispensationalism is one way that you can get a big picture view of all of scripture of how has God worked throughout history from Old Testament to New Testament. The other way that that has happened for the first 1900 years of Christianity is covenant theology, which is this idea of God has made covenants throughout scripture. And what's the relationship of those now? Uh, same but thing. we believe that too. Right. But, but we under, but we understand, we come to different conclusions based on how we understand that. So for instance, even in dispensationalism, there's not just one kind of dispensationalism. There's all kinds of subgroups and things within that. Sure. Same thing within covenant theology, there's subgroups. So for instance, the, uh, traditionally, Covenant of works and covenant of grace. Is that right? So, some people are covenant of works. Some, so, for instance, within covenant theology, you have Presbyterian covenant theology. You have 1689 federalism. You have progressive covenantalism. You have new covenant theology. There's all these different categories of ways that they understand these different kinds of things. And so, for instance, as a Baptist, Presbyterians would say that I am not a consistent covenant theologian because I don't baptize children. I would say that they're actually inconsistent because they interpret the covenants incorrectly, that if they actually were really covenant theologians in a biblical sense, they would not baptize their children. So we make that argument against each other between Reformed Baptists and Presbyterians. Then you've got other people that can go all the way as far as like antinomianism of you know, Andy Stanley, the law doesn't matter. The Old Testament doesn't matter. Amen. No, I'm, you kidding. Know, I'm kidding. You just need to love people, and that's basically it. And so to condense all that down into eschatology, essentially what that what that means is, is I see one olive tree of faith in Scripture, and that Gentiles, the church, When he's saying olive tree, in. he's talking about Romans 9, 10, 11, right? Right, right. Okay. which are huge. You need to understand yeah. those. Right. Yeah. So in my in my in my understanding there has only ever been one tree of faith and that which I would agree how with. you become a part of that tree and that tree is is Abraham okay right. that Abraham is essentially how God establishes his elect people through that covenant with Abraham I mean obviously he did it with Adam and others but that tree of faith that we see in scripture is descended from Abraham and that the way a person becomes a son of Abraham is not ethnically, but it's by faith. So whoever has the faith of Abraham is in Abraham. And so in that sense, every Gentile believer in Jesus Christ is grafted into that tree of faith. And they are a child of Abraham, and therefore they receive all of the inheritance and the promises that were given to Abraham. And so in that sense, there is no longer Jew or Greek. There's just those who are in Christ. So in the end times, when I see these things about Israel and all these other kind of things, I don't see a distinction really between Israel and the church. Whereas Dennis and uh, Derek would see an obvious distinction. uh, Well, and Adam would obviously see a distinction between the church and Israel and see different plans. But I don't think any of you guys would take it to the extreme of somebody like John Hagee that basically no, says you get a, no, you get a free no, no, pass because no, no. you're a Jew. No. So no. some people do take it to that extreme. Sure. And, and, and we want to make that clear because, again, some people in my camp that listen to this hear dispensationalists and are like, oh, y'all think that John all Jews Hagee, are saved? Blood Moon, y'all Blood Moon, and all that yeah. stuff is yeah. just and so, Right. And so, field. you know... We, we need got to be fair to both sides and say, like, listen, you know, uh, we're not uh, throwing each other out into false teaching over that. Um, the reality is there's many 
men much smarter than any of us and, and uh, godlier throughout history that have ha- had different views than what we have. There's plenty of people that I wouldn't agree with on this issue that have studied way more than I than I well, have, including people sitting at this table. Well, well, let, well let me probe the covenant uh, he, theology some, that Jesus established a new covenant. You, you would agree with that? Correct. Yes. Okay. I don't know if I would define new the same way that you do, though. But all, all I'm saying is he said there's a new covenant, right? And you agree. This is the new covenant yeah. in my blood. Okay. Yeah. So that would suggest that there's also an old covenant if he's establishing mm-hmm. a new one, correct? Yeah. Are, are you with me so far? So you believe both of those. Is that is that right? Even though you might define them yeah. a little bit differently, you, you believe there's those two covenants, an old and a new covenant. Um, I, I believe that the new covenant is a, a continuation and fulfillment of the old covenant, but it supersedes it and yes. and, and goes goes beyond. Yes. Right, one, one passes away, like like you can read in Hebrews. You're not still offering sacrifices and all that. Kind right, of but stuff. By, by pass away though, I don't mean that it that it has no bearing on the Christian. I think you, you don't ring a, a dove's neck and sprinkle blood on your altar. Do no, you? I trust in Jesus for my salvation. Okay. But Jesus okay. is the dove. Okay, sure. But there was a difference in the way that was applied in the old, under the old covenant, the way it's applied now. Are you, yeah, we are you run a hitch from the old. You're, covenant. you're talking about practically. Yes. Amen. Yes. Yeah. So, Let's get real. So, right. Practically, it's so you're a dispensationalist. No. You just believe in two <laughs> instead of seven. See, I don't. I don't know that I believe in two though. I, I think. I think there's only. I think there has always been a covenant of grace. I think that Correct. Jesus Jesus is the fulfillment of every picture of grace that we see in the Old Testament, and that all of the grace that was given to people through those signs was the result of Jesus, that he, is, he was retroactively applying grace to them by their faith, that, sure. er, that all, all grace is received by faith from the very beginning. Hebrews 11 makes it makes Exactly, it and that, that yeah. would be kind of where I would go for that. I only see one dispensation, which is... Those who are trusting in Christ alone for their salvation are saved, and God is dispensing grace to them by faith, and and that it's always been that way from the very beginning until the very end, and that there are not economies of grace. There's only been one economy of grace, which is you either place your faith in Christ alone for your salvation, or you don't. So, so, so God did not reveal Himself and deal with people in in a in a different way back in the days of Moses or David than the way he deals with the church and others now. And I'm not saying that there's a different way of salvation. There's only one way. But, but are you saying there's no difference in the way God implemented that covenant in the, in the old covenant as opposed to the new? I'm not sure that I totally understand that question. Well, uh, I'm saying, obviously, when we read the Scripture, what we read in Genesis to Malachi differs a good bit from what we read Matthew to Revelation. Would, would that not be true? Even though you say one's the fulfillment of you the mean other. as far as people receiving grace? Yeah, and, and just the, God's economy and the way he deals with people, the, the way we're not uh, the tables of the, of the law uh, are, are useful to be a schoolmaster to bring us to Christ, mm-hmm. right? But very obviously, they were a test of the nation of Israel in, in, you know, in those days in which people were stoned to death for picking up sticks on the Sabbath day. So do, we see, do you see any distinction between those economies and the way God dealt with people in, in those? No, I, I think that 
God's law hasn't changed. I just think that Christ has fulfilled the law for us. I'm not sure that's, I won't question you that if that's what you say is your conviction, but I really think it gets down to it. You know, everybody's a dispensationalist. It's just how many that you, so explain, that you choose. So explain it. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of confused. So explain to me what you, the difference in the way God dealt with things. Well, you're looking in the old covenant, you're looking forward to the coming of Christ. And so the way God revealed himself and the, quote, tests that he put to people uh, were different than what we see looking back to Christ and what he's already accomplished. So those things, the sacrifices and so forth, were object lessons, if you will, when people were in that infancy of, of their understanding, revelation. I believe in a progressive revelation. You probably do. Yeah, you probably I, do I would that, agree do with that. that, too. So that the way you relate to a child and and what you expect of them is different than the way you relate to an adult and what you expect of them. So that the way God dealt with those people in that limited understanding still had to be saved by faith. You were looking forward to Christ. But how much did they really know? How much did they grasp of that? You know, the, the and, and like the church, to me, that is totally unknown in, in, in the Old Covenant. Mystery, uh, Paul says. Like, like look, at, mm-hmm. look at Isaiah, that familiar passage we use so often in uh, Isaiah 9 at Christmas. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders. The name is to be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the increase of his government. There'll be no end. Those things are just jammed right. together, and very obviously they didn't all happen in his first it's like first coming, boom, second coming. So, so Paul says, and now we get the New Testament, Paul says that was a mystery. It was a truth that was hidden. It was now being revealed. And See, I think the mystery was that Gentiles have always been a part of the church. Well, of course. But the church wasn't instituted when birth the Pentecost. See, I think the church was instituted before the foundation of the world. Then how can it be if Jesus said, upon this rock I will build my church, and Paul says that Christ is that foundation that nobody else can lay if that's true then how could there be a church before that because he's the lamb slain before the foundation of the world and he's also the cornerstone of the church so everyone who believes is built on him sure from eternity obviously obviously these things are worked out in time yes yeah Christ's death on the cross. But I'm saying as far it is as, a finished act that he had to accomplish in time, at a point of, in time. So, so maybe that's part of the distinction is I'm thinking of from from God's perspective in eternity, and you're thinking of the human perspective in Scripture. And you're saying the same thing. I, th- I, th- I think that's right. I think it's probably closer than a lot of people would realize. Yeah, I, mean, it, I, I don't have a problem saying that God has given different commands at different times. And, and had uh, specific expectations for specific people at specific times. Okay. But I don't think that's in relation to grace. But that's disp- that's what dispensationalism teaches, is that there's these different tests that God gave to a specific person or persons in the way he dealt and related with them that he hasn't changed as far as his uh, his whole plan of salvation. And, and I think, and I, I'm glad we can clarify this, because I do think we're closer than you know, sometimes there's the caricature that's made on on both sides. You know, that's uh, straw men that we mm-hmm. that we put up, and so I think there is a, a closer uh, connection. But I think for me to be consistent, I see that you know there's a difference, obviously, between uh, a woman uh, taken in adultery in the Old Testament. If there were the witnesses, she's going to be stoned to death. And how Jesus responds to her 
so not not unhitching, okay, not totally, but but there there is a different. There there's a what's the difference? Well, the, the implication is how how God has taught us and brought us along in the way He's dealing with us now. Resurrection is what changed. Yeah, the resurrection does change a lot. That's for sure. But uh, so why, why not? Like, but seriously though, because if you take that far enough, you end up with an. Well, you can, you can, but again, those are those extremes. Just like I, I can say, you know, about the amillennialists or postmillennialists that uh, they can be utopian or whatever, or brand them a heretic or whatever the case may be. Call them a allegorizer, spiritualizer. I mean, we can all we can all do that. I don't think that contributes to the conversation. And so, you know, as far as I'm concerned, nobody's ever been saved except by faith in Christ. That's the only way. I would agree with that. It never has changed. But then the way God has taught and and judged people in in those different relationships, like in the Garden of Eden, what was the one command that they had? Just one. Don't eat of this tree. Yeah. And they violated it, and what happened? Sin. Judgment. So so you move on. And grace. And and you move on from that and you look like in the in the days of, of Noah and how things came to what? Judgment. And very obviously there was human government that was established, you know, uh, there, and how God dealt with people. Noah was saved by faith. Hebrews eleven. By grace through faith. Yes, by grace through faith. Agree. And uh and yet does, does Noah and others, how much of the cross did they really know? How much had been revealed, uh, you know, of the resurrection, the end times, and those kinds of things? So it was a limited knowledge, but they were accountable for the knowledge that they had. Does that make sense? Well, I, I would I would say that all dispensationalists believe in covenants. Yes. I've never met anybody that doesn't believe in a covenant. Right. The Bible uses yes. the word covenants. So you have to believe in it. But I don't know that all covenantal people would believe in dispensations, depending on how that's defined. Now, you pointed out a dispensation is God dispensing his grace. Now, do I believe that he's done that? Yes. Do I believe that he's done that according to different criteria? No, I don't. And I think that's kind of where the distinction is. I think another thing, too, with the covenants that we're talking about, you know, the premillennialist sees that distinction between Israel and the church and and in view of those covenants and what the premillennialist has in mind is replacement theology this idea where it's being taught where israel failed and because they rejected the messiah and and it's curtains for them they're done with and therefore god brought along the church and the church replaces israel and therefore receives all the promises due to her and the, I, that, I wouldn't agree with that. Well, and that's what uh, the I think premillennialism, in a lot of ways, is a reaction to. It's a safeguard against uh, that kind of teaching. And um, so, if, so if Abraham was promised the land, right? Did it really mean the land, or did it mean some nebulous spiritual something or other? Which I don't even know what you get to with that. But what what does it mean? Bible. I, I just think it means land. Pretty I mean, clear on that. I think, I think it is too, but yeah. I think that's going to be on the new earth. Sure, sure. So when Christ returns, right? So he does still have a plan for the Jews. 
Which no, I I don't. Romans nineteen eleven. Yeah, brother, uh, come on. Romans nineteen eleven. God is not done with the Jewish people. Right, uh, which he is right after he them. says, "All Israel is not Israel," <clears throat> and we agree with that. No, no Jew is saved because so, they're a Jew. They are saved because they are a Jew who believes in Jesus. Nobody goes into the millennium unconverted. Right, and so what I'm saying is, is there is no distinction between Jew or Greek anymore. There's only those who are trusting in Christ, and so the church is not replacing Israel. Israel has always only been those who are trusting in Christ. So even in the Old Testament, this is this is part of the reason why I believe in believers' baptism, because it's a it's a better sign for a better covenant. Okay, so in, in the Old Covenant, how did you know whether someone was one of God's elect in the visible church? You knew that through circumcision. Okay, but we know that that was an imperfect sign. We have a better sign because we have a better covenant, and the reason why is because there were people who were not actually elect. They were not a part of the invisible church, but they were a part of the visible church of Israel. In the new covenant, one of the things that makes our sign better in believer's baptism is that it is applied to people after they express faith in Christ so that the visible church matches the invisible church, which makes it a better sign for a better covenant. And so, so you're back to being a dispensationalist again. How is that? <laughs> because, because you're saying here's here's the way God deals with people, and the sign of their covenant relationship is circumcision. But it's not that anymore. Now we've no, got but, another sign of baptism. But to me, that's progressive revelation, though. That's not a different dispensation. So that's what I'm saying. You're talking past each other. You're saying the same things. Exactly. You're saying the same. No, and I'm saying. But I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that that's a dispensation, though. It has nothing to do with grace. The grace is the same. The grace was only for the elect in the Old Testament. And the grace is only but for the, the way God dealt with the people. Yeah, and you're different. saying church in the Old Testament, and I'm not. Yes, uh, I'm not on. F- yeah, find that. Find I'm, that. I'm saying church. Find that. Is the people New in Testament. the Old Testament weren't called out. They they weren't a church. They find weren't that part scripture. of the church. They weren't the, the called out ones. Find, find that in scripture. Where, where the, the called out where ones. Where there's a church. Israel people, means people of people God. indwelt by the Holy Spirit. So Israel means people of God. Ecclesia means called out ones. Absolutely. So they're, they're, called they're, out both. they're both, they're both referring out. to a people that are distinct from the world that have been called out by God. So the relationship with the Holy Spirit was exactly the same in the old covenant as it is in the new covenant. So that with when, the Holy Spirit? Yes. You're, you're talking about like as far what as what happened on the day of Pentecost? Yes. Yes. What happened on the day of Pentecost? Anything new? The the breadth of it was different, ah. but it wasn't new. There were people filled with the Holy Spirit sure, in the Old Testament. But very isolated. An individual here for a special purpose. You could even lose the Holy Spirit. Like David prays, yeah. don't take right. your don't Holy take Spirit, your Spirit away from, from me. me. Now that's not the way that it is now, right? right? That's because this is the age of the church when we're because by the Holy Spirit. Revealed. <laughs> No, it's, it's progressively it's experienced, it's not just revealed, but progressively <laughs> experienced. Word of the day. I'm just asking you so a thing. If, if the people in the Old Testament had faith, then they had faith because the Holy Spirit gave them faith. Well, we're not saying the mode of how they were saved is different. See, that's they're, where, they're that's where I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm learning here because I've. Well, that doesn't hurt anybody. I've studied, but but what I mean, I'm listening and like I'm agreeing with what you're saying, but then I'm like hearing what you're, and it's like you're talking salvation the whole time. Right. And y'all are talking about the practical means, like y'all are like speaking my language, but you're saying the same things. 
We are, but we aren't. Well, because, <laughs> be, be, because we do agree, we all agree that salvation is by grace through faith. There's, right. I mean, there's no debate there. We all agree with that. But how how has that been worked out throughout history is the disagreement. Well, then, see that we're not going to get this figured out this <laughs> evening no. either. I, I think that this warrants the Lord make a whole episode just on covenant versus dispensationalism. Yeah, yeah. But we should make sure that the uh, in closing that the rapture of the church discussion does not become the rupture of the church in terms of our fellowship. Okay. Okay. Just believe in Jesus. There you go. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, so at, at the at the end, Jesus is alive at the right hand of the Father. Yes. He is going to return. Visibly, he is going personally, to judge the world. Yes. And you need to make sure that you're on uh, the right side. Because heaven or hell awaits. Right. That's right. Study. So, read. Learn all you can and sit down and actually have a face-to-face discussion with that amillennialist, that premillennialist. That, Get you that a filled Bible, bless God. Who's got a different perspective than you. Sit down face-to-face, talk with him. Don't just beat out the keys on Facebook and rant. Get up with that guy and talk to him. And you may find out, as we have found out tonight, you've got a lot more in common maybe than you do. And we love everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. We will see you next time. You can continue the conversation online by visiting us on Facebook at facebook.com slash the number four horsemen. Don't forget to tell your friends and enemies about the podcast and be sure to subscribe and review. They look at me funny when I talk like I got a speech impediment. Homie, check my passport. Heaven, I'm a resident. Like a conscious rapper, but do more than bass the president. I see brothers coughing, so I hit them with the medicine. On the other side, they say their grass is greener. Seen the forecast, man, they calling for... Or in the air. <laughs> yep, man. <laughs>